When there's stuff on your mind and you're feeling unclear, just hop on the mic and speak without fear. Let's air out. Wow. Did you guys hear that? That was incredible. Well, incredible might not be the word you want to use, but that was... You guys wanted an intro song, and we delivered an intro song. I heard that an intro should be like your autograph or your signature to introduce the podcast, and that is an irreplaceable signature. There's no forging that. Ethan and I spent a good probably two and a half hours figuring that out. I'll tell you, the idea I had in my head was not the same thing that ended up coming out of that. I was going in, I don't know if anyone knows the song, uh, Disco Duck by Rick, Rick Dees and the cast of Idiots. goes a little, Disco, Disco Duck, Disco, Disco Duck. And that's where the Aaron, Aaron Arrow came from. So I was thinking a nice disco vibe to introduce the podcast. Absolutely not what we uh, came up with. It's sort of like, a, I like the strings are kind of giving me like a Zelda vibe at the start. And then we transitioned to a, a garbage can falling down the stairs uh, for the middle of it. And then at the end of it, I'm get, I get like a little Mario 64 vibes. If anyone, uh, any of the younger kids, younger kids, younger adults played that game. I know you guys did. I don't know why I'm asking if you did. But that's it. Welcome to episode two. We've already improved. We've got an intro song. We're a little more professional. We're not recording in a program that's going to cut me off up to 30 minutes so I can talk as long as I want now. So the last episode really exceeded my expectations. I didn't think anybody would want to listen to me talk for an hour. And really, it seems like most of you that listened to it actually listened to the whole thing. I've got some some stats up here, if you guys are interested. We ended up with 37 plays, which, again, way higher than I ever thought. I was expecting maybe four or five people. Um, the retention time, average listen time was 55 minutes and 34 seconds which is the length of the podcast. So if you did listen to it, you probably listened to the entire thing, which again, super surprising. I thought people would listen to maybe five minutes and think, oh man, this got a little old, but you guys stuck through for the entire hour of me talking. So that was very uh, encouraging. Thank you very much for giving a listen and thank you for checking in for episode two. We're gonna make some improvements based on the feedback I got, which there was a lot of, not necessarily critiques, but a lot of people just reaching out and saying, what's up even people i haven't talked to in years reached out which is again super encouraging that uh i've made an impact on people in my life and they're looking to support me so thank you to everyone who checked it out and continues to check it out i want to talk about some things about the podcast first is the availability of it it's currently available on six platforms the main ones i think you i think everyone pretty much listened to it on spotify last time it takes i guess it takes a few days for for it to be accepted onto other platforms, but it is now available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and, uh, well, that's it so far. I think Spotify and Google Podcasts are probably the main ones that people are going to listen to it on. So it is available on Google Podcasts now. People are asking for that, and it's there. I'm hoping that the delay was just for episode one, and this should automatically be uploaded for episode two. If it's not, I will be putting out a video to show you how you can get into your Google Podcasts and it will update by itself. And the final, I guess, platform that I need to upload to would be iTunes. And I think that this hosting platform I use does upload to iTunes. It's just the the exception period is a bit longer for iTunes, it seems. Yeah, they said it should take 
about two to seven days, which the last podcast went up September 8th, so we're like eight days right now. So hopefully, maybe in a couple days, it will be up on iTunes. If not, I'll start looking into how to upload it there. But you guys found it on Spotify. You find the Google Podcast now or any of those other apps I mentioned. If you go to the link in my Instagram bio, it'll take you to the homepage for my podcast. And if you click that, it will show you all the available places that you can download and listen to or subscribe on so you won't miss any more episodes. Some more, some more interesting things you can look at from this last podcast. Our audience base, mostly Canadians. Not a surprise, 94% Canadians. However, 2% of viewers were in Germany and 2% were in Mexico, which makes us an international podcast now. So welcome to the world. I don't know who the Germany listener would be. Uh, Mexico, I have an idea. And the gender, we are 53% female in this house, 47% male. So we are more popular with the ladies. And the age bracket looks like 23 to 27 is 67% of us, which makes sense because those would be the ages of all my friends. 28 to 34 is the next highest, 25%. And then we got some 35 to 44 year olds and 6%, 60 plus. So good on you guys for figuring out your computers. <laughs> I should not just roast my audience. You guys are crushing it. Thank you for listening. And 90%, 97% of you listen on Spotify, 3% on web browser, uh, whatever that means. If that means they, maybe they listen to it right on Anchor. Well, that's good. That's what I wanted to talk about from last week's episode. Thank you for reaching out. Feel free to always reach out and tell me what you think of that podcast. It was, uh, it was a great feeling reading all the messages chatting with people I haven't chatted to in a while. So yeah, feel free to message me on Facebook, Instagram. I'm getting a website going soon. Um, so let's talk about uh, what I want to do for this podcast is kind of these intro, like 15, 20 minutes. Just talk about my past week, what's been going on, give you a little update since the last podcast. Last podcast went on a Wednesday. And since then, what did I do? On Friday, I did record a vlog. And I was planning on uploading that on Sunday, but the... The schedule just got chaotic. And when I say the schedule just got chaotic, I mean I didn't do it. I went back to Barrie on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Uh, Barrie, my hometown. I guess I should introduce myself too. Yeah, I'm going to do that first. I'm going to do that first. So for anyone that doesn't know me, my name is Aaron Brock. I am 26 going on 27. And I am a good old Canadian boy. From uh, Grew up in a smallish city north of Toronto called Barrie. And I have recently moved to a, another city, a little bigger, but almost the same size, called Waterloo, Ontario, about southwest of Barrie. And that is where I record these podcasts. I went to the University of Waterloo. I also went to Durham College, got degrees in environmental science and environmental technology, and decided I didn't want to use either of those. So now we're doing comedy. Not even doing comedy, we're doing a podcast and uh, planning on doing comedy. So that's a little background in front of me that you got that. Now, what did I do last week? Last week, we recorded a vlog on Friday, and it was super uncomfortable. Uh, walking around, holding a, a gimbal in front of my face, recording myself talking to it. I was too much of a chicken to actually record in front of other people, so I ended up walking out to a forest. I could be by myself. Um, but that's one of the things I wanted to do, is kind of break out of my comfort zone, get used to being on the camera. And the only way to do that is to actually just do it. So I've got to record more of those. I did record a second vlog, which you haven't even seen the first one yet. A second vlog uh, with Henry on Monday. He took me out flying, which will be a much bigger step up than watching me walk around the forest. So look up for hopefully, if 
I can figure out how to get this footage off my phone that I've been fighting with all morning. Get that footage onto my computer so I can edit it and get it out tomorrow, I'm hoping. And get this podcast out this evening. It's currently Thursday the 16th. So hopefully you're hearing this on Thursday the 16th or Friday morning. And then the vlog as well on Friday, which will include me walking through the forest, talking to myself, and hopefully a house tour. I should go film that as well. That'll be easy to film here. And then the second vlog will come out next week after the next podcast. Um, The schedule I want to try and stick to is probably like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday at some point. Monday, release a sketch. Wednesday, release a podcast. Friday, release a vlog. That's what ideally I'd like to do. But just because I don't know what my filming schedule is, still trying to figure all this stuff out. I want to try streaming at some point, get some game streaming going. But if I know if I start playing video games like in the middle of the afternoon, I'm not getting any work done. So I got to like stay off of that. Find a good schedule that that will work for. So also last week, I went to my first comedy show. I said I wanted to do comedy, but I've never actually seen live comedy being performed. So Ethan and I went out to uh, the Crazy Canuck in Kitchener, Ontario to watch uh, a comedy show put on by Rusted Nail Comedy. There was five comedians, I think, a host and then four acts. And also it was a it was a good time. It was a good time. The uh, the comedians were like exactly what I expected for. I don't know if they were just local to Kitchener, but like local southern Ontario comedians, it seems. And they were all pretty, I think covid uh really shut down a lot of comedy shows so i think there's some rust shaking off and getting back into doing comedy but uh it was a good show there were some good jokes and even just like just watching them it really felt like something that i could do seeing the where the bar is set for their level i mean i don't want to be cocky but i'm like i i could do that i could do that i think so i could see myself standing in front of the 25 or 30 people uh, that were in the audience and telling some jokes. I do have jokes written down on my phone and my computer and my notebook that I've never read to anybody. Uh, so at some point, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to just do it like, just like doing this podcast. Just do it at some point and then keep doing it until, uh, well, either I find out I hate it or I love it. And that comedy show was on Saturday. And then come Sunday, I was driving back to Barrie Sunday afternoon do my civic duty to vote. Uh, then Monday, I was out with Henry. We did some flying. Then we went to downtown Barrie, did a little photo shoot. Henry took some very handsome photos of me, made me look great. Those will go up on my website, and I'll throw some of them on Instagram as well, that you can you can admire me. You can boost my ego a little bit. And then Tuesday, I was supposed to come back after I gave blood on Tuesday. Yeah, I give blood. That's like through a clinic, not just in the streets. Uh, but there was a storm on Tuesday night, and that kind of held me back in Barrie, so we had to stick around in Barrie until Wednesday. And then I came home Wednesday, was going to record again. There's there construction going on right outside our house, but they're redoing all the water lines under the the roadway here. So they're just digging up and vac trucking everything. If you saw on Instagram, there's a vac truck just sucking dirt in our driveway all morning. And luckily they're gone now, and that's why we're recording. And that was pretty much my week. Nothing super exciting. Comedy show and flying was really the the two big points. Hopefully as the weeks go on, there's more interesting stuff to go on that I talk about and more interesting stuff that you'll see in the vlog if I gain the confidence to actually pull out a camera and shoot it. But other than that, that's about all I want to talk about for this little intro. We're almost at 15 minutes. That's pretty much dead on what I want to do. In this week's episode, we're gonna it's going to be one more of a kind of 
serious topic like last week was. I want it to be serious but also silly, which I think that the intro song also highlights pretty well. It's a serious but silly song. And it's, it's an absolutely absurd song. I hope you guys can uh, get through it every week and you enjoy it and you, you hear that song like, oh, I can't wait for this podcast rather than, oh my God, I hate this 30 second intro to this podcast. But uh, this week's episode, we are going to talk about something that's kind of goes hand in hand with my story from last week, uh, which is the story of me, hence my story. Uh, we're going to talk about alcohol this week though and my... Uh, my ups and downs with alcohol mostly downs though it's mostly a downhill slope there's not a lot of not a ton of upside to alcohol i'm finding for me personally i'm sure for a lot of other people there is a strong upside to it but we're going to get into that so without further ado here is podcast number two do 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 musical interlude do 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 all right ladies and folks Let's get into it. Aaron and alcohol. I was pretty late to board the alcohol train. Throughout high school, I never partook until uh, post-graduation, actually. Even at my after-prom, friends were all drinking at the, the house we were partying at. I never wanted to participate. I never felt that I needed that. I never looked down on people who drank, but there is definitely like a part of my mind that's like, I'm a little bit better. Because I'm not drinking. I'm still having fun and I'm not drinking. And I was like pretty anti-alcohol just for myself. I never felt bad when people were drinking around me. I didn't feel uncomfortable when people were drinking around me. But it just wasn't my thing. And that is a mindset that I probably should have kept for my entire life. Because alcohol became a problem later on in life. The first time I remember drinking would have been the summer after graduation. I had gotten a drunk text from a girl I was interested in. And that definitely like sparked my curiosity with it. Getting a drunk text is like, I mean, there's, I guess it depends on the time of night you receive the drunk text at. Earlier night drunk text when someone's a little buzzed is like a great feeling because it means they're thinking about you. It really pumps your tires. The later the night gets though, the more obscure the texts get and the less legible they get. And those are the drunk texts you really don't want to get. This was an early night one. I felt good. I was excited she was out drinking and still thinking about me. And that's when I was like, okay, well, if she can drink, then I can probably drink. So the first night we drank, it was just in my friend's basement. There was three of us, Ethan, Sean, and I. It was Sean's house. And I think we were just drinking Labatt Blues, like on his couch, watching TV. We weren't really doing anything in particular. I think I had about nine beers total in the night. And the only part of it I remember is just, I talked more while drinking. That's like the only part I took away from it. There's no like big events happening. Nothing too crazy happened. It was just I was more chatty and talking to people I would never usually talk to. And that didn't really spawn any, you know, wild weekends after that. It was pretty low-key. I was still 17 at the time, 18 at the time, um, something like that. I think I was 17. So it was still not legal. It's 19 in Canada to drink. After that, I don't think the next time I drank, that was in the summer, it would probably would have been uh, New Year's Eve that year. Ethan hosted a party at his house. We had a variety of liquors and booze. And that was the first time I had experience with shots. I remember uh, early on in the party, we had like four different liquors and I just, I want to taste all of them. So I just did one, two, three, four shots in a row. Terrible idea. Absolutely horrible idea. Cause then I like, I don't remember the next like two hours is like on and off, not full blackout, but I guess they call it a brownout. You know, you remember some things. Um, 
like, oh, now I'm standing behind the computer. Now I'm on the couch. Now I'm playing Mario Party. I do remember very vividly coming to, like, in the middle of a Mario Party game. I had two stars already and, like, 40 coins, and I had no idea how I got that far into the game. That was a fun night. No, that was the infamous pizza on my knee night. Uh, people don't know the story. The pizza on my knee. One of our other friends, Reed, uh, put a slice of pizza on his knee, and then he saw that there was pizza on his knee, and he was flabbergasted as to how that pizza got on his knee. Um, and that's, I mean, that's it. That might be the hardest I laughed in a long time, watching Reed scream about the pizza on his knee. And it was, it's not a funny story to tell. It doesn't translate into a conversation or a repeatable story. But if you were there, you will always remember pizza on the knee. I also remember that night, like recording some video messages uh, for other girls and like sending them to them, singing to them. Uh, pretty, pretty tame stuff for a night of drinking. I was still pretty innocent and still happy. And then after that, I don't know if there was much drinking after that point until like my next prom. Like I said, I was still 17, 18 years old now, so I couldn't go out and buy booze. Do you only have any interest in just drinking by myself or anything? It was more like a cool thing you can do occasionally. And then going into university university actually no before first university we did rent a cottage for a week and there was some alcohol consumed there but we were still in like the early drinker stages so we were drinking like mike's heart and palm bays which i don't know how our stomachs could get through that much sugar like in recent times i've tried drinking them and i can do maybe two palm bays before my stomach just seizes up with sugar Ethan was allergic to palm bays, so he's drinking it with a box of Kleenex next to him, just wiping his nose after every sip, just dying. Still continued to drink them, though, because that's all we had. That was a fun time. I do remember, like, we had booze for probably three days, and we were there for four. And I very distinctly remember taking a night off in between, even though everyone else was drinking, which I would never do. Which I would never do if it was in a more recent time. But this was still, like, early on in my, my drinking career. I remember taking a night off and being like the, the house nanny, helping people at the puke tree, recording some videos, you know, just being a, a good presence and still enjoying my night. I remember that very distinctly. I was not drunk and I still had a good time, which I wish I remembered that more frequently. So after the cottage drinking, probably didn't drink again until we got to University of Waterloo. Again, still, school starts in September. My birthday's in November, so I'm 18 for two months. So I can't still legally buy any alcohol. So early on in the school year, we're not drinking much. And then as soon as we hit 19, that's when the pace started to increase. And it was a, a lot of we a lot more weekends drinking. But still not a super excessive amount. If you I think if you look at my Instagram, you can see the post from way back then of our end of semester haul that we turned into a, a Canada flag. And that's like that's three people's worth of alcohol. Uh, in that photo from an entire semester. And it's not, I mean, it looks like a lot, but it's not a crazy amount for three young bucks. I mean, we can put back way more now. Yeah, first year, not a lot of crazy drinking stories again. Like, there was the ripped pants night where I ripped my pants playing beer pong, taped them back up. You can see that photo on Instagram too. This is back when I still used Instagram. And I stuck those pants on my wall. A lot of weekends, going to Reed's parties. Yeah, just a lot of drinking. I remember very distinctly a lot of a night in a blizzard going to get booze. It was tough getting booze in first year because you had to take the bus back. So you, we all got a 2-4 in our hands waiting for the bus and it's a snowstorm, snow up to your shins. Low visibility. Sometimes we took the bus, sometimes we even just walked it all the way back. Walked through 
Waterloo Park, carrying our booze, just for a night of drinking. That was, well, what was it? We were doing a Christmas movie marathon, and we were going to do it stone sober. I think we got through one movie, and it was a good movie. And the second one was that Whoopi Goldberg movie. I don't even remember what the title was. It was Call Me Claus with Whoopi Goldberg. And I'm not going to look it up because my clicky-clacky keyboard is too loud. I am, though, because we edit now. Oh, but it, yeah, the Whoopi Goldberg movie. I don't even remember watching it. I was so bored of it. And after watching that, we're like, okay, yeah, we're going to drink. So we bundled up and walked out, trudged through the snow to get to the LCBO to buy some booze for the rest of the movies. I don't even think we watched the rest of the movies. We ended up just hanging out with other people in the residence. And it was a good time. It was a safe time. Those are the, the good drinking memories I have these early years. After first year, went back home and was really just more working than I was drinking or anything. I worked for Hewitt Sweetcorn, selling produce and baked goods. I would work at Hewitt Sweetcorn at the farm stand. And then after that, I would go to the gym, eat a good dinner, rinse and repeat. So I wasn't, I don't think I drank really at all for the entire summer. Got in great shape, burned off the freshman 40 I'd put on. I was looking good, had abs, had some visible biceps. It was a good time. And then come second year, we're moving in. We are out of residence now, moving into a townhouse on Churchill Street in Waterloo. And we got, it was a real bait and switch we got there. When we toured the house at the end of first year, it was like, the guys had set it up so nicely in there. They had a bar in the in the living room. I don't remember what the bedrooms looked like, but every all the decorations they had made the place look great. And then we moved in without all the decorations, and the place looked horrible. It looked like a house that had recently had a fire. The living room was painted black, so it looked so t uh, so small, no space. Uh, the hallway was painted dark red, I believe. Um, the bedrooms were like this really ugly green. It was it was atrocious. We spent a good, uh, like the first two weeks of Frost Week just painting the house and making it way more homey, super nice. And then our landlord ended up painting over all the work we did and we just gave up on that place. Uh, but that's the story for another day. So second year, yeah, we're all uh, legally old enough now to drink and we have our own place. We're not worried about the resident Dons, you know, knocking on our door or I guess we couldn't even get in trouble before though, actually, because we were of legal age. Drinking in residence too, we're one of the few people, Ethan and I, uh, since we went to university a year later, one of the few uh, house uh, rooms that was legally allowed to drink. So we didn't have to worry about the cops catching us or anything because we weren't doing anything wrong. As I said though, we're now in a in a townhouse on Churchill Street and the, the drinking pace, I guess it definitely picked up. I mean, every weekend, probably ordering some pizzas drinking some beers and then also our friend reed also had a house nearby that we could walk to and he would throw parties that we would we'd love to attend i don't think they loved having us attend though the parties usually started like 10 which is late for us we usually started drinking at like five when it's acceptable uh, so we would show up to the party like 12 to 24 beers deep already and everyone else is just sipping on their first or second beer so we were just a rowdy bunch of guys just walking in and just absolutely raising the energy at level to levels that they didn't want the energy at. Our energy levels were exceeding the energy capacity of that house. Uh, so we did not make a lot of friends, I don't think, with Reed's friends. We were not the fan favorites there, but we had a good time. We enjoyed ourselves and we definitely, there were some people we got along with. Others, that's their issue. And uh, this drinking schedule kinda, this one actually carried into the summer. The the in-shape Aaron 
became a different shape, much more round and plumbous. The working out had stopped and then going back home, yeah, the drinking continued to almost every weekend because now it's just so easy and like it just became a fun activity you could do. And that carried on, I don't even remember if that summer, I think, I guess it wasn't too much drinking. I worked at Costco at the time, working the 5 a.m. shift. So working, yeah, 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. So there was no late nights and you don't really have to, there's no hair of the dog to, not hair of the dog. Um, there's no nightcaps needed to fall asleep because I'm up at 5 a.m. So I'm exhausted by the end of the day. Third year though, this is, yeah, this is what I have right now. Third year, we started heavy. The real thing about third year was the summer of third year, uh, we were all gonna stay in Waterloo over the summer, which turned into mostly me staying in Waterloo for most of the summer. Even though we had all paid for the rooms, I had a job at Home Depot I was working at, so I couldn't go home very often. But Will and Ethan went home fairly frequently, so I had the place to myself a lot. And that's when I learned that drinking by yourself can make a, a boring time a good time. So very many nights I'd go pick up a bottle of vodka or something, throw on a podcast, start playing some video games, and just that would be my night. A very bad routine that started, and then that's kind of, I think, where this idea that uh, being drunk is more fun than being sober, and that you can't have fun without drinking. So that really set the tone uh, for what my, my drinking period was. I never drank like during the weekdays usually, or weekdays never. Uh, weeknights, there is the occasional one, but m mostly just Friday night, Saturday night was was my time, and that's why I thought it was okay the amount I was drinking, because I'm like, well, I've got to contain to two days. I'm okay. I never, you know, I never had to drink when I had something to do. It was always just when I had downtime. That's when I was like, whatever I'm going to be doing in this downtime, which was usually playing video games or something, I'm like, I would much rather do this while drinking than I would rather do this sober. Because, you know, I had those early memories of drinking, being fun, being a chatty guy. So obviously that's going to translate to a fun time by myself. And how did this big shift in my self-confidence where I decided that people only liked me when I was drunk. Drunk Aaron is fun Aaron. And drunk Aaron's exciting and a good time. And sober Aaron's boring and quiet. I now know that's not the case. But at the time, I was totally, I totally believed that. So you just end up drinking more and more and more because you always want to be that fun guy you think you are when you're drinking. Uh, and then you end up not realizing what the, the whole Jekyll and Hyde scenario you got going on where you're not actually the fun guy. You're kind of more the obnoxious asshole loud guy that's trying to make the whole party about them and really wants to stand out. And other while you seem like you're having fun, other people are not having fun. I had a lot, a lot of nights of blackouts, like way too many to count. I blacked out like the amounts of alcohol I had consumed blackout, seems like it's very low compared to everyone else. I just drank so fast because I wanted to get to that point where I was fun Aaron. So the sooner I started drinking and the faster I got through my alcohol, the sooner fun Aaron would come out and then the party would really get started. I had a lot of nights blacking out and then after a blackout you wake up well, I wake up and I'd always feel super ashamed and then I'd want to avoid people. I'd stay in bed all day. I remember like hints and glistens of like conversations I had all drunk and then I'd, like I'm face palming, my face is beat red. I don't want to look at my phone because I know I was texting people last night. So I feel like if I just don't look at the messages that they've replied to, 
they don't exist. So I'm just lying in my bed hiding from the world. Usually go eat some junk food, get some like pizza or something and soda to try and cheer myself up. But it was never, like the mornings after were always so much worse, not because of hangover reasons, but because of like the, the shame I felt inside. And I would always tell myself, okay, that is the last time. No more drinking after this. You always feel bad. You don't need it. I would make notes in my phone like, hey, that's enough. September 15th, no more drinking, blah, blah, blah. And then come Thursday night, I'm like, you know what? I feel good. I'm over it. I'm feeling happy. I'm on a better mood. I can have some drinks tomorrow night. And then the cycle continues. And that's the cycle I was in every weekend. So I'm feeling bad about myself from like Sunday to Thursday. And then I get hyped up. because like, oh, I can drink again on Friday. It'll make me feel better. Drink for two days and then repeat that cycle. Just slowly going more and more downhill sinking into a deeper depression, not realizing it. Thinking that uh, alcohol can cure your depression is uh, it's not a strong thought. Alcohol is a depressant, so it is causing more depression. It's like um, throwing, putting out fire with a lighter. It's just, it's not helping. Unless the help you need is to cause more fire, then it is helping. So this, yeah, this period, this cycle I was in went on for, gosh, up until... COVID, I want to say. Really? I mean, it did slow down at points, but I mean, slow down meaning I didn't always black out. I would still be drinking and like, sometimes I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to drink a little bit, get a little buzz going, and then I'll be okay. But I was still consuming alcohol on a weekly basis, not on a daily basis. There was some time I took my final term of Waterloo at home. I took them all online courses. I need six credits left. So I just loaded up on like six first year super easy courses. I think I talked about this in the first episode. But when you're doing super easy episode episodes, when you're doing super easy courses, you don't really have to put a lot of attention, time and attention into it. So I had a ton of free time at home. My evenings were pretty much free because I never had to wake up for class. I just had to wake up and just listen to class whenever I wanted to. There was no scheduled lecture slots. So then there was definitely some weeks in that time where I I would drink like multiple days of the week. Every like afternoon, I'd be like, you know what? I could get a little buzz going tonight, play some games. That'd be fun. Rinse and repeat every night. The number of times I drank my parents' alcohol just to go to the LCBO the next day to replace it, just to then re- drink it again that night and go to the LCBO the next day, replace it again. So I, re- I replaced like the same bottle four or five times until I give up replacing it and just say, whatever, they'll, they'll notice it at some point. And I'll play dumb, like, I don't know what happened. I don't know. It wasn't me. Even though it's very obviously me. I had so many empty bottles and cans hidden around the house and in the basement, in my bedroom. I don't know if, I mean, the amount I would consume, I don't think anyone actually realizes it except for me. But it was very high for the, for only drinking on two days a week. I could easily go through a two six of vodka in a single night and then almost pick up another one the next night. I would always buy in like bulk on Friday and be like, oh, this will last me the weekend. And it would only last me Friday, which is surprising for how healthy I think I am now. I've done blood tests and everything. I think like, I think I'm good. I'm Gucci. I definitely drank enough for a lifetime though. I would find a lot of on my computer. I found just like last year, like a bunch of voice memos of myself from like three and 4 a.m. telling myself like, no, it's not worth it. Don't do it, stop drinking. So there was this like conscious, conscience in my mind that knew this was a bad path. I was the king of the Irish exit. Uh, if people don't know that, it's when you just you leave without saying goodbye. Which, I mean, for an alcoholic, if that's your issues, you go to bed without saying goodbye. Not a bad problem. 
but I always felt bad about doing it because I liked, I enjoyed hanging out with my friends and I felt like I was ruining their night because I wasn't participating fully in it. So like even we, we could be like at a bar or out somewhere and I would just have this voice in my head that's like, go home, the night's done, go home. And I just walk out and just find my way home. I did it in Welland once when I was out visiting my friend Quinn. Uh, we were out at a bar and I had too many blueberry beers. And then, yeah, I just got that overwhelming feeling that I just got to get out of here. I got to get home. I've had enough of this. I think it might be a mixture of both my conscience and also my introverted self coming out that I've had enough. I've had enough time with other people. I want to go be alone. Uh, I walk out of the bar, though, and start walking down the street. And that's when I realize I'm not in Waterloo or Barrie. I don't know where I am. Uh, and ended up finding a cop pull over in like a side lot and just I was like, hey man, can you call me a cab? I got no idea where I am. And then he called a cab for me. I got fleeced on the, the cost of it, but I ended up getting home safe. And then a lot of nights like that, yeah, leaving the bars and just busing home or walking home. Uh, a lot of nights playing video games where I'll just hit a point where I'm like, I'm just getting too tired and I just turn off that power button and just disappear, go to bed. Yeah, a lot of Irish exits, a lot of walking away, which is, it's a good, uh, I guess it was a good defense mechanism to end the drinking night. It's not a it's not a bad thing. It's a little rude, not saying goodbye or goodnight, but it's better than drinking and doing more regretful things. So I think that covers most of the story of my drinking. I mean, there's a lot of drinking stories I could talk about, and I'm sure they'll come up in future podcasts uh, when I'm trying to, gonna try and do with other people, and we can highlight some some funny stories about my life and less less serious topics like this, but. I think you get an idea of what my drinking was like. Uh, whenever I had downtime, I'd rather be drunk than sober. So a lot of nights, a lot of weekend nights were spent uh, drinking drinking booze, listening to podcasts and playing games, either by myself or with friends. And it just, that was like the only enjoyment I felt I had in life, even though I wasn't enjoying it. It was keeping me from doing other things, keeping me from finding enjoyment in other aspects of life and of sobriety, you know, put on weight, unathletic, I'm up to like 240 pounds just on booze pretty much, you know, eating more junk food too, just an overall unhealthy lifestyle that uh, I had, I saw no end in. You know, I was just stuck in this cycle of always uh, drink, depressed, repeat, drink, depressed, repeat. Uh, and then eventually one day last year, 2020, uh, in November, it was just after my birthday, my birthday's November 1st, this was November... 9th I believe I'd kind of felt like I had enough something in my brain just ticked that I wasn't really feeling it so I put on a podcast one day just a random selection uh, it was you made it weird with Pete Holmes he was talking to Camille Nanjiani Mangiani or Nanjiani one of those two and he just happened I don't know if it's people talk about destiny or things happen for a reason he Pete talked about uh, when he quit drinking and why he quit and he mentioned this book called this naked mind and i immediately went and bought that book on my kobo and started reading it that night uh, and this naked mind is a, it's a book about quitting drinking and it was how do i describe this book it was written from a successful person who was leading a successful life but also had this big struggle with alcohol and that she was drinking every life and she felt it was controlling her life and she didn't need it me again so the book is called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. I did a terrible job during the podcast describing this, but the book is about quitting alcohol and getting over that fear that your life's gonna be boring without alcohol and that you need it in your life. So check it out if you feel like any of this podcast speaks to you. So it really it really communicated well with me because I always thought of alcoholics as like, 
the people you see stumbling around on the streets, bottles in paper bag, you know, not shaved, not showered, just throwing their lives away. That's what I was viewed an alcoholic as. I didn't really realize it could just be a regular person you don't even notice. They're just going to work every day and just at night they just crack a bottle and get into it. And like two chapters into this book, I was like already having a change of mindset. Like, man, I don't really need to drink. She touched on all the points I had felt were reasons why I was drinking. The liquid courage, the oh, I'm more fun when I drink. Life's more enjoyable when you drink. And that was November 10th. And that was November 9th or 10th. I think, no, I think November 10th was the day I officially marked down I had stopped drinking. And there was a chapter seven in the book really, really got to me. Not because it was like a personal story of hers that she read, but she was actually reading off some facts about alcohol that I never really knew. And I want to share those with you because I was told that people should take away something from this podcast. feel like they learned something. So here's a little facts with Aaron. This is from the book, This Naked Mind. It's totally the way I've written these out. They're totally going to sound like Facebook gotcha facts where I use like a study was done. Researchers say, I'm not going to like read out sources and cite your sources. If you do hear these and you really want to like dive into the research yourself, send me a message. I can send you a link to the the studies that they've done. I can use the, the citations she put in the book. I mean, so you got to take my word for it that these are, they are cited sources. I'm just not citing them in a podcast because that doesn't make for good uh, airtime. So these are all from chapter seven of the book, This Naked Mind. And these are handpicked of the ones I feel like most people would be surprised by. Researchers have ranked 20 drugs on a criteria that's related to the harm the drug causes to the user, as well as the harm it causes to the people around the user but they themselves are not using. And when they ranked out all those drugs, the number one drug that came up was alcohol. It has a score of 72. I don't believe this is like a 72 out of 100. I believe it's just a cumulative scale of all the factors and that added up to 72. Again, in the book, they didn't have the, the variables they're adding up. So take that as you will. Alcohol ranked number one with a score of 72. The second was heroin with a score of 55 and crack cocaine 54. So if you don't know, one of those drugs is legal, alcohol, and it's the most dangerous drug they believe in terms of harm to people using it themselves and the people around them. Heroin is like the number one scary drug I feel like people talk about in terms of like addiction and ruining people's lives. And it was nearly 20 points lower than alcohol. So that's some food for thought there. A second fact we learned, the World Health Organization reports that alcohol has actually surpassed AIDS as the world's leading risk factor for death among males 15 to 59. In the US, excessive alcohol use is the leading cause of premature mortality. 88,000 people per year are dying due to alcohol. Then that's twice the number of deaths if you look at all the other drugs combined. So other illicit drugs cause 17,000 deaths. That's your heroines or crack cocaines. I don't know, really know many other drugs. And that also includes prescription drugs, which kill 22,000 a year. So alcohol is the most lethal, which I mean, you could look at this and also say it's the most accessible one. I'm sure there's an argument for that, but that's not to say it's also not safe. A study of 260,000 people has shown that light to moderate alcohol consumption has no benefit on the heart. There's a, I think a very famous anecdote. I don't know if it's an anecdote. There's a, a stat or a fact that people like to throw around that a glass of red wine is good for your heart and that's okay for you. It's healthy for you. And that comes down to the antioxidants in the wine. However, 
the antioxidants are not coming from the alcohol itself. They are coming from the grapes in the alcohol. So you can just drink grape juice uh, to get that benefit without having to put the alcohol in yourself. Yeah, just have, you can you can get antioxidants another way. There's, it's not a necessity that you're using red wine. The red wine is not actually helping you. The alcohol in the red wine is doing more harm to you than the antioxidants are helping you. We do have a greater percentage of lady listeners. So I've got, I got some stats for the ladies here. A seven-year study was conducted on 1.2 million middle-aged women and found that there's a direct link of developing cancer in the breast, mouth, throat, rectum, liver, and esophagus. <laughs> I didn't finish writing on that quote. When you use alcohol, if that wasn't clear. Uh, this is not dependent on the amount of alcohol consumed, which is the most worrying fact. You think if you are a light drinker, you're okay and it's not affecting you. There's no matter how much alcohol you've consumed, even if it's a tiny amount, it increases your risk of cancer in those areas. Women who consumed three alcoholic drinks per week were 15% more likely to develop breast cancer than non-drinkers. And 11% 11 of breast cancer is related to alcohol. So I'm not here trying to uh, be the, the moral police and tell everyone what they should or shouldn't do. I think it's totally cool if you are a person who can have one or two drinks and enjoy yourself. I think that's totally fine, even though those stats I just read you say otherwise i think you know it's your life enjoy it live it to the fullest i am just one of those people that cannot have one or two drinks i if i'm gonna have a night of drinking i feel like one or two drinks is actually a waste in my eyes if i have one beer i'm like well if i don't end up getting drunk after this that beer is a waste beer is solely for getting drunk not for enjoyment and that's why i don't drink anymore if you're also looking for some more uh information i just watched a show on Netflix called The Truth About Alcohol. It's about an hour long and they cover kind of the same kind of stuff I just shared with you from The Snake in Mind and some other facts and information about that if you are interested in looking into that kind of stuff. So after reading The Snake in Mind, I ended up going from November 10th to May 2-4 without drinking. I really thought I would never drink again and I felt like positive about that. I was excited to be like the designated driver, the designated driver and also, I was really excited that I could get appetizers again. Because just booze when you go to a restaurant is so expensive. It like really carries up your bill. But if I'm not spending the 14 or 20 bucks on two or three pints, I got so much extra room for appies. Like, I'm going to enjoy restaurants so much more. And then I can drive home after. I don't have to wait for an Uber. And I was like super stoked about being like that fun sober guy at the parties. And then come May 2-4, I'm about a month out of a breakup and I'd gone from hanging out with my girlfriend every single weekend so it was easy not to drink to now I'm being alone every weekend and that was just starting to take its toll on me so come May 2-4 I tell myself you know what I've been so good for six months I think I'm at a point where I can just drink in moderation I could enjoy some beers this weekend it could be no problem I can be that guy that does have a couple drinks and he gets a you know gets a light buzz then the night's good. He, st he knows how to stop himself. And I thought I could do that. And it turns out I can't. That one weekend started turning to every weekend. I started going from just drinking beer, going back to drinking liquor, because liquor, liquor gets you there quicker. So I could just play games with a bottle of vodka under my desk and just take swigs. Uh, I'd tell myself every 20 minutes, but it turned into like every five minutes. And then I'm back to blacking out every weekend, waking up ashamed and like, oh, wow, another weekend wasted because I don't remember it. All right, another evening wasted, I guess, because I don't remember it. 
I never drank throughout the day. It was always like, I always waited until a point like four or five o'clock where I'm like, okay, now it's acceptable that I can drink. Now it's okay. People can't judge me here. Uh, and then we get to August 25th. I wake up at about 6 a.m. I want to say, and I'm looking at my messages and I had texted Sarah, my ex, like some stupid stuff, some ag aggressive stuff. Um, not aggressive, more depressive stuff than aggressive. Like some real self-loathing things. And then I also looked at like my group chat and I had this really positive interaction with my other friends. And my buddy Reed was just like, wow, man, seems like you're really on the right track and got things figured out. And at that point, you know, I usually I woke up ashamed of my drinking and afraid of it and like I didn't want people to like know about it I just came out and messaged like all my group chats that I'm an alcoholic and I don't have control over it and it's been bothering me for years and it's added to my depression and I just went on and on and it came out so easily like normally that's the kind of message you send and you're like anxious about getting the replies and you're scared but I felt so good like I finally like let out this big sigh that I've been holding in for six years like oh that feels so much better. That's a weight gone. And I sent that out. And then like throughout the day, it's got so much love and messages back of support. And people tell me they're there for me. And like, and I knew that was the right move I had to make, like sending that message and putting it all out there. People were forgiving me and thankful for me and rooting for me. And ever since then, yeah, I've still been sober. Uh, that was September 25th. We're now, not September 25th, August 25th. It's now September 16th. And I, and I haven't had a drink and haven't thought about having a drink. My problem, my problem was never, you know, the too many days of drinking and always being drunk. It was just those small periods of getting way too drunk. Um, so like, as long as I'm not drinking, I, it's going to sound weird to say, as long as I'm not drinking, I don't have a problem. But like the, the urges to drink don't exist because I wasn't used to like full weeks of drinking if you if you catch my drift and now after going through that six months and thinking I could do moderation I now know that I can't so that's not gonna be an issue for the future you know you gotta build off your failures you gotta learn from your mistakes and I have learned from my mistakes so we're at almost we're at three weeks now I guess hopefully in a year I'll be at a year in three weeks uh, again, I have no plans to drink anymore. I'm looking forward to a sober life. I do feel better. I feel healthier. I remember my weekends. I remember my evenings again. And it's a good feeling. So that's where I'm at. I shared with you the dark parts, but now we're, we're outside that forest. And we're on to greener pastures. So I hope that uh, that little story, A, it makes sense. Because these notes I left myself were all over the place and didn't really help. So I was forgetting what I wanted to talk about. There's a lot of stories I could have talked about that I thought I wanted to talk about, but I didn't. But I think the, the main message is out there. And I think uh, the people that didn't get those messages about me being an alcoholic and how I'm going sober, I hope this explains that uh, backstory that you might be missing out on in future podcasts. So that's it. I think now we will wrap up episode two. I think I'm going to do a little outro, though. Uh, I like that idea. We're going to do an outro and then a, a song of the day, a song of the week that kind of fits into the, the tone of the podcast. So I'll talk to you guys in a bit. Here's some more interluding music. I don't have a song yet, so I'm going to use this. All right, that was episode two. If you made it this far, thank you for sticking around. I figure I'm going to do a little outro, outro chat to end off the episode. I hope this was a greater production value 
than the first episode. The first one's really a get it done and get something out there, more so than let's really polish this turd and see what happens. I just, I knew if I was harping on making it perfect, it would never come out. I had already delayed recording it for so long. After recording it, I didn't want to delay anymore. I just wanted to get something out there. So I hope I took the notes you guys had to heart. I hope you guys liked the intro song. I hope I was enunciating better. I am using a different software that I'm doing some editing now. Uh, the main things I'm editing, because I don't really know the software too well, is just taking out a lot of my ums where I can. Some of them I can't get out because it's just too close to my other words. Uh, taking out my my breathing in places, taking out my, my ASMR lip smacks, and taking out any other unsavory noises that you might hear. As I get better at this, I think the production value will go up and I can learn how to kind of isolate more things. I got a squeaky chair that I noticed is getting into things. I bang my mic sometimes, which makes a loud noise, but all part of the learning process. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Another edit. I had planned to play you guys out with Disco Duck by Rick Dees, the song that inspired the intro song. But as I went to upload this, it turns out it will limit me to only playing on Spotify if I do that. So I'm not going to do that because I know some people want to listen on Google Podcast. So on your own time, I recommend going to listen to Disco Duck and his cast of idiots. Disco Duck by Rick Dees and his cast of idiots. Uh, but for now, you'll just have to be played out with another round of our intro song, which is going to double as our outro song, it seems. So take it easy, folks, and we'll see you next week. Stuff on your mind and it's feeling unclear, just hop on the mic and speak without fear. I feel aired out.